Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Come on, you can never fail. You can never fail being generous, ever. You can't fail being generous. I better get into my message or else... Honestly, I, I, I feel like we've just done had church already. Uh, like my message might be a step backwards. And so you're like, yeah, you should have just stopped whenever. Um, but let's go ahead and let's go ahead and dive in. We're in this series called Geared Up Still. We've been in this for a long time. I believe this is either message five or six. I don't know. We're going to continue it because I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. It's hitting the mark and it's, it's challenging us up. But this is all about what do you do with the battles in life. Listen, you're either in a battle right now, you're coming out of a battle right now, or you're fixing to go in a battle right now. And so the idea is in the battles of life, you better have the proper tools and also you better know how to use those tools. Because the right tool in the wrong hands can become extremely dangerous for the person, come on, that is, that is, that is exercising or using that tool. And so God has called us in at this time, you know what I mean, to return to the basics. I don't know if you've picked up on that, but that's what we're doing as a church is we're returning to the, to the basics. And today I'm just telling you right out of the gate, and it's not going to be super popular, but I'm asking you to not listen necessarily to the words that I'm speaking, but I'm asking you to see God's word and what God's word challenges us to do in the middle of this topic. You know, I, I, have, had, I have had more people come against me as a pastor whenever I've spoke on two topics, and this one was the worst, giving and fasting. The reason why people struggle with these two is because it really brings it down to the individual person. You know, do you trust God in, in, with your finances? And do you trust God going without eating for a period of time? And, and I'm telling you what, the first time I spoke on fasting in this church, there was, there, there was almost a church split. I had more people come against me saying, how could you? This is not the, as if there's any good time to do it. You see, when God speaks, when he challenges us to do something, we have one position and that is to be obedient to it. And so disregard what I'm sharing this morning, but I challenge you to see what God's word says about this topic over this next week. Okay. So I'm telling you at the end of this service, I'm letting you know on the front end, I'm going to challenge you to fast and pray at the end of this service. So if you want to leave right now, I'll give you complete permission just to go. It won't hurt my feelings, but I'm telling you, you're going to be challenged today to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry, but this is just, this is what the Lord is calling Grace Church to be about, uh, uh, part of today. So 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 16 says this, and, and, um, and, and it says, then he said to the king of Israel, this is talking about Elisha, the prophet of God. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw back your bow. And, and the king um, drew back his, his, his bow. He drew it. And Elisha laid hands on the king's hands 
And then he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. For you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you have made an end of them. Somebody say end of them. Come on, somebody say end of them. All right, till you've made an end of them. And he said, take the arrows, and he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them, and he struck three times, and he stopped. Somebody say stopped. Say it again, stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him, and he said, you should have struck five or six times, then you would have struck down Syria until you had made an end of it, but now you will only strike down Syria three times. I want to take you back to verse 16. Verse 16 says this, Elisha the prophet laid his hands on King Joash's hands. He said, draw the bow back. And, and the prophet, the man of God, laid his hands, got behind him, laid his hands on the king's hands. And, and, and I just want you to know this, that we're going to talk about this representation but the title of my message this morning is this, total victory is a possibility. You need to listen to the word of God this morning. Total victory is a possibility. God forbid that we've got a bunch of Christians in the church that are just kind of, you're just kind of okay with being okay. You're kind of okay with, with struggling. You're kind of okay with the sin that's in your life. You're just kind of okay. You're like, listen, I have more good days today than I used to have, and so, so, so I'm okay. You know what I mean? Things aren't great, but they're not as bad as they used to be, and I'm just telling you what a shame it is. Come on, if God's people who are called by his name are, are, are just settling for anything less than what God has. And I want to be the first to tell you, maybe the first to tell you in a long time, that total victory is a possibility. It is absolutely possible for you to walk free from the things that have continued just to mess you up for maybe the last 50, 60, 70 years. I'm telling you, total Freedom, total victory is a possibility. You know, I think about Goliath. I've been thinking a lot about that since I preached about him a couple of weeks ago. You know, when David, David stepped out on that, on that battlefield, first of all, I just want you to know that Goliath represents, come on, your enemy, your struggle, your difficulty. Come on, everything that's in your life that is against God. That's what Goliath represents in the life of the believer. So listen, you're saying, listen, God wants me to do this, but I struggle with this over here. Come on, that's your Goliath. He comes out. He raises his head. He calls you out. Come on, he's cursing at you. He's blaspheming you. That's your Goliath. And so when David stepped out on the battlefield, come on, remind yourself, he didn't just kill him by running him through with the sword. Come on, he didn't just kill him by, by you know, slinging those stones and, and hitting him in the head. What did he do, man? He went after Goliath was already dead, and he cut off, he severed his head. And I'm just telling you that if Goliath represents your struggles and your troubles and your difficulty and your sin that you continue to fall in, maybe you've even just made way and said, you know what? 
this is just who I am, and I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna be this way. And you've just opened the door. Come on to your sin, and you know, God, thank you for your forgiveness and this and that. But you've settled for less than what God is has best for you. Come on, I'm telling you, you need to aggressively go after Goliath because total victory is a possibility. You don't have to struggle for the rest of your life. You can have victory. That thing that's been troublesome to you will go away, I promise you. That's, the, that's what God has in play for us today. This is the only thing that makes sense when Jesus said, he said it like this, total victory is summed up in this. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Do you believe that Jesus is a truth teller, then that means that if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, then that means that he came to destroy the works of the devil in your life and in my life. That means that he came to, to whatever it is that you're struggling with, young lady, that, then that, that means that Jesus, come on, is able to get rid of that thing completely and fully. Wayne, whatever it is that has been troubling you since you were even a child, maybe a teenager, I'm telling you that the word of the Lord says that he came to not just subdue, he came to destroy the works of the enemy in your life and in my life. And we buy into this idea, well, you know, this has been such a struggle. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go to the grave with this. Come on, that's the biggest issue. Because before you can ever destroy the enemy in your life, you've got to name it. Come on, to defeat the enemy, you've got to name it. Maybe you've got a lust problem, a financial problem, an anger problem, a pride problem. Maybe you're insecure. Come on, maybe... You fill in the blank, but whatever it is, you've got to name. David said, Goliath, this day I'm going to come out there and I'm going to take your head off of your body. Come on, you cannot live with your head removed. Guess what? The voice that was speaking for 40 days and 40 nights, blaspheming the children of Israel, could not speak any longer. Come on, the evil thoughts that was in that, 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 that warrior's brain could not think any longer. The head was severed from the body. And I'm telling you this morning that you've got to come to a place where you begin to really believe. Come on, that total victory is a possibility. Come on, if you don't get anything else out of it, come on, I want something to be renewed and, 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 and stirred up in your spirit today that, you know what, I can overcome. I can walk in victory. I can, I can, I can because the Lord is with me. For the next 21 days, you're going to be challenged to activate the weapon of fasting so that you can step into complete and total victory in those areas, come on, that you've been wrestling with. I didn't think there was going to be a big praise break or a celebration after I said that. Because right now, some people, even in this place, are irritated at the idea that pastor is going to challenge me. Come on, in this area of fasting. Let me remind you that fasting and prayer has been a common part of Christianity since Christianity begun. But it's not common part to Christianity today. 
It blows my mind how many people are sensitive, come on, to the demonic, to the spiritual, to the, to the things. Like they've got a sensitivity. I really feel like something's going on in the, in the supernatural. But you pause and you, and, you, and you ask them, listen, have you taken up fasting and prayer over this situation? It's like, well, no, I've prayed about it. But I'm reminding you today that there are some things that only come out in and through fasting and prayer. What amazing possibility. Is it possible that the thing that you've been wrestling with, come on, that you've been struggling with, that God's saying, listen, I came to set you free and destroy the works of the enemy in your life. Isn't it possible that the reason why you're still struggling with it, or maybe it's not you, maybe it's a son or maybe a daughter, isn't it possible that the reason why is because we have failed, come on, to, to fast and pray when we know God's word says there are some things that only come out through prayer and through fasting, but yet we're like, you know what, that's too costly. That's too difficult. What am I going to have? Come on, that's really going to hurt me. Well, my doctor said, you know what I mean, that I shouldn't do this, and we give excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse, and I'm telling you that there are some things that we deal with in our world today because the church has failed, come on, to fast and to pray. We have failed in this area. We have excused it away. We've, we've said, listen, it's not important. Come on, I'll, you know what I mean? I'll have a, a, a little prayer meeting, and, and I'll do this or I'll do that, but I'm just telling you, come on, that total victory is a possibility. And some of it comes through prayer and fasting. Yes, a surrendered life is powerful. Yes, come on, uh, faith is powerful. In fact, when we wrestle against the devil, man, I was raised when you got a chant, stir, dance, run. Come on, when Jesus messed with the devil, what did he say? Shut up and come out of him. Period. It was done. But we work ourselves up, man. We gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta dance around and we gotta scream and shout, and we don't know the authority, come on, that we have in Christ, maybe because we're confused because we haven't given ourselves to prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting will bring you to a place of total humility. You can't do it without decreasing yourself so that he may increase in your life. It's impossible. But we don't want to decrease. We, we, you know, we want to serve God and we want to have the benefits of what God has, but we don't want to decrease. We don't want to sacrifice. God forbid somebody ask you to sacrifice something. Come on, to serve in the children. You know, really, that's not, my, that's not my gifting and my calling, serving in the children. Come on, driving the bus from this place. To, you know what I mean? That bus is old and it's just worn down and it's decrepit and, and it's probably not even safe. Come on, having a work day at the church. You know what? Somebody else would show up come on but it's not me teaching a class you know what that's just way too far you're asking me to give way too much giving of my finances 10 percent. are you kidding and then you're asking for an offering on top of that it's just way too much come on we are a selfish people that need to invite humility and trust come on back into this thing called christianity and our walk with god Amen. And I know I'm not talking to everybody because this is an incredible, incredible church. But what hurts my heart is whenever we've got to consider closing certain things because we don't have people stepping up. Come on to lead that thing. 
Come on, do you think God wants to add ministries, add things, come on, to, you know, so that we can be more effective? Or do you think that he just wants us to dumb things down so that we can just have a good Sunday service? Come on, I'm telling you that there should be ministry happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we've got a church full of people, come on, that are equipped and called to go out and to make a difference in this community that we live in. I'm not asking you to go to Africa. I'm not asking you to go to Nicaragua. I'm not asking you to go to the Philippines. I'm asking you to start right where you are and get equipped and empowered because we've got kids that are killing themselves in this community. We've got marriages that are falling apart in this community. We've got people that have hidden drug addictions that are still doing fine in business in this community, but I'm telling you what happens in the dark is going to be exposed into the light. How about we repent of our sins before? How about we surrender to the Lord before? How about we we trust God? Come on, before we, 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 we destroy the business that you've worked so hard, come on, to build. We destroy our children. Come on, we destroy. We're giving them an example to follow. And the example is this, that when marriage gets hard, go ahead and just leave your spouse. Come on, you deserve better. Your kids grow up, and next thing you know, it's a real thing. They've had three divorces by the time they're 30 years of age. Why? Because we have failed to fight and have any resolve as the church. We have failed to fast and to pray as the church. Come on, who's going to fast and pray? Is the world? No, they're not. They don't know anything about it. We are. You've got tools and weapons, come on, that are, that are given to you by God himself, come on, to make a difference in this world, to empower you. Can you even imagine total freedom? What do we know about Elisha? We know that the man of God, that, that this story is about. What do we know about him? We know that the man of God had a double, first of all, he desired a double portion of God's, or of, of Elijah's, another man of God, a prophet before him. We know that he desired a double portion of that anointing, right? And so he asked and he prayed about it. And Elijah was like, man, you asked this big thing, but if you see me going away, you know, then it's a, it's a possibility. Elijah was not in a place to say, yes, I will give you because God had to give you. But this is the thing is Elisha desired a double portion anointing on his life than even what Elijah had. What an incredible desire to have, you know, not, not to be proud, but just to be, you know, productive, to produce what the people needed. And so Elisha, this man of God that put his hands on the king of Israel's hands, Come on, he had that double portion anointing. But I want to take you to a place right now. He had to do something. Elisha had to do something before he received the double portion anointing. And this is what he had to do. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them into two pieces. I love that. He, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen down to him. So he had to do something. He had to take something off of him before he could put something on him. Like he had to, put, he had to take something off before that double portion anointing could be put on. And the cloak represented the anointing, the double portion of Elijah. And I'm just saying, as, as sure as I was reading this, 
um, the Lord just opened my eyes and said, Travis, I have been calling people at Grace Church for a long time to take some things off, to remove some things from their life. And so this is fresh for, from, from the Lord to you, that God has been calling you to rid yourself of certain things for a long period of time, but you have failed to remove. And you cannot put on until you remove the old. Amen? And so listen, for some of you, like fasting and prayer doesn't even need to be necessarily engaged right now. For some of you, all you have to do is just simply be obedient to remove, come on the old, so God can bless you with the new. That is a fresh word, and it is certainly for you. We have to aggressively go after sin. We've got to tear it from our bodies. We've got to deal with unforgiveness. Listen, we've got to deal with bitterness. Some of you have hurts and pains from when you were just a child that, that, that is, you have failed to trust God with. You have failed to take that off. In fact, you, 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 you treat it almost like a comfortable pillow. You're thinking that, man, if this pillow is removed, if this, if this offense has been removed, then, then, then who am I? I've, I've been this way for all of these years, and I've changed my life, and, and my life has, has ended up where it was because of this offense. And the Lord is saying, would you please just do what I've asked you to do? You know what that is. The Lord is saying, will you trust me with it? You have failed to trust him with it. You have to remove it before you step into what is new and before you, you step into that double portion of anointing. Come on, repent of pride. Some of you need to flee the, the, you know, the lust of the, of the flesh and the pride of life. And so, so listen, let's be honest. The flesh, how many of you know the flesh can be super filthy? Like, like because of exposure, you know, I think I've shared some of you my first introduction to, um, to, to magazines. I won't go any farther than that. I was probably between the ages of 9 and 11. And it's crazy how those, that exposure to those magazines still have the ability to affect me today. Is that crazy? I am 49 years old. I almost said 39, but I'm 10 years older than that. And uh, I'm 49 years old. And so the, how many of you know that the flesh is filthy? Your flesh is filthy. Your flesh is constantly warring against the things of God, the Spirit of God. But I'm telling you today, don't just think that your flesh is filthy because your spirit can become corrupt and tainted as well. And I'm just telling you, I believe that's why David prayed the prayer, renew a right spirit, a clean spirit in me. And some of you are at a critical moment where your spirit has now been tainted. You don't even believe some of the things that you've believed in your past. And I'm just telling you, it would be good for you to quickly deal, come on, with that sin. And what do you do in that case? You fast and you pray. I believe that the greatest way, come on, to clean the spirit. What did David do? Come on, he laid before the Lord for a period of time without eating, without drinking, without, without showering. Come on, everybody was worried about him. He gave himself to a place of fasting and prayer. And if the spirit of God is telling you right now that your spirit is filthy, that your spirit <clears throat> is tainted. Like the only way for you to deal with this is to give yourself to a period of time fasting and prayer.
I would challenge you to listen to what the Spirit of God is speaking because he is speaking to you right now. Some people were raised in the church. How many people were raised in the church? Raise your hands just real quick. Some of you were given great examples on what it means to fast and pray, right? Uh, how many of you remember going to really cool prayer meetings when you were a kid? Nobody? This is the opportunity for us to raise our hands still. Am I the only one? Raise them up. Don't be afraid of your heritage. My goodness. Um, some of you saw... You know, mom cooking at the at the at the dinner, you know, cooking the dinner. But yet mom or dad or both mom and dad, they didn't they, they didn't eat. They didn't partake because they were giving themselves to a period of time of fasting, going without food. Right. How many of you remember that? How many of you remember going to long prayer meetings at the church where where they were called to fast and pray? Right. You were there, you know, kind of sitting, everybody, they were doing their, their own thing. But you were exposed is what I'm talking about. And in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 1, and Dave kind of hit on this this last Wednesday, um, Joshua, uh, you know, tells the, the children uh, of God to cross the Jordan. And, and, and you know the story. In fact, I encourage you to read it. But the priest stepped out with the Ark of the Covenant which represented the presence of God, like the throne of God, where God dwelt at that time. Come on, he stepped into the river. The priest went into the middle, and it says that the whole nation crossed over on dry ground because I think it was up to two miles. It's been a little while since I've read it, but, but the water backed up you know, maybe two miles from where they were, so they, they were able come on to cross over on, 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 uh, on dry ground. And so the priests stop in the middle. Everybody's crossing over. And then there was a commandment. The commandment came, and it, Joshua said to the 12 tribes of Israel, take one person and pick up a stone where the priest's feet are planted in the middle. Pick up a stone and take them to the bank, and you're going to stack them as a monument to the Lord. Now listen, there's 12 stones stacked. These are big stones. And the reason that this was done so that generations after this, just imagine little kids with their dads or little kids with their moms are walking along and then all of a sudden they see these 12 stones stacked. Mom, dad, why is that there? Well, let me tell you, this was a time where, the, where, where feet were planted steadfast, come on, in the middle of the river and God brought us through. Somebody say he brought us through. Come on, he didn't take us over. He didn't take us under. He didn't say, hey, build a bridge. The Lord delivered us by bringing us through. And I'm just telling you that you need to get that in your spirit. There's power in a firm stand. I'm not drawing back. I'm certainly not retreating. I'm not giving in. Come on, and when we do this as a people... Don't, loot, don't check out on me yet, right? I got a long way to go, and if we go long, we're just going to go long. But I'm telling you, what you need today is, is, is going to equip you, come on, for the rest of this year and potentially for the rest of your life. But when we follow the Spirit of God, when we are led by the Spirit of God, come on, you're stacking stones. And guess what? You're stacking stones so that other generations, when they come along, they're going to see the power of God at work in your life. When you, moms and dads, listen, you got kids, grandpas and, and grandmas, you got grandkids, when you set yourself aside to fast and pray, you are stacking stones. You see, 
what, what, what scares me a little bit is I come up under a generation of people that exercised fasting and prayer. And I, put, I personally, when I was a young child, was able to see the power of mom and dad come on fasting and praying. People in the church fasting and praying. And, and, and I'm thankful that my kids have seen a little bit of this in my own life, but certainly not enough. I want you to evaluate your own home. Come on, have you stacked stones? Come on, so that your kids could observe. Or is, is this going to be the last generation that doesn't fast and pray? And the kids that come after, and the kids and their kids, you know what I mean? Fasting and prayer, that was just like an Old Testament thing, but it's all over the New Testament as well. Come on, you got to do some of these things so that future generations ask the questions, why are you doing? What happened? Come on, what happened? There was just a testimony that was, that was shared. I don't got time, but there are testimonies in this church of things happening when people give themselves to fasting and prayer. Come on, are you stacking stones? Are you serving? Because when you serve, you stack stones. When you write a check of tithe to the church, you're stacking stones. What are you doing? Why do you keep writing those checks? Or, or what's that app on your phone, I guess, anymore? It's not checks so much. But what are you doing? Well, I'm giving, come on, to the, to the, to the Lord so that the, the kingdom can be advanced in the earth. Come on, you're stacking stones. And so... I'm telling you, kids will remember. The next 21 days is a 21 days of potential change. The next 21 days, you're going to see some of your children set free, not dealing with what they've been dealing with you know, for the past 18 years, maybe. Over the next 21 days, you're going to find yourself stepping into purpose and power if you'll give yourself to fasting and prayer. Come on, it requires a firm stand. Let me tell you what you can't do. Listen, I want everybody eyes up here just real quick. What you can't do is you can't kind of fast. You can't kind of fast. You can't just kind of do. You can't go into the day saying, well, if my body feels just fine and wonderful, then you know what, I'll fast. Or, you know, maybe the Lord is just overcoming me with these terrible hang, uh, hanger, angry uh, hunger, with these hunger issues, and he's telling me, okay, it's time to stop fasting because it's gotten too, too difficult. Listen, what I'm, I'm not going to put on you how long you should fast, what you should fast. That's for you and the Lord, and you're either going to do what I'm asking you to do because you, you, you believe that the, that, the, that the word of the Lord is a fresh word for you today, or you're not, and you're going to just do your own thing. But when you ask the Lord, what am I supposed to do over these next 21 days? Come on, you need to have some resolve. Whatever he tells you to do, what you start, you better finish. Like you can't halfway do this. There's no, well, you know what I mean? I set out for this period of time and I made it halfway, praise the Lord. No, that's disobedience. If God's telling you what to do, the idea is to finish it and finish it well. And I know you're getting uncomfortable and I know you don't like this, but that's okay because I'm telling you, the Lord's doing something. And some of you are going to take full advantage and opportunity of this. And some of you are not. But I'm telling you, there's breakthrough. There's incredible things for those of you that will consider the things that I'm sharing with you today. What kind of fasting is there? There's all kinds of fasting. Uh, there's a three-day total fast where you don't have any water and you don't have any food. This is a very popular fast. I've done this fast many times. There's a seven-day fast. 
God might ask you to fast one day for 24 hours. That means you don't eat anything at 8 o'clock at night all the way until 8 o'clock the next morning. He may ask you to do that a couple of times a week. Come on, I believe this, and this is just my strong belief. I'm not putting it on you, but I believe that if you're going to enter into fasting, there should be a period of time where you go without food. Like, like for some of you, you know, going without food, but putting liquids in there is, is, is totally fine. Maybe for some of you, you do the Daniel fast. You do a period of time, maybe a day or three days or five days or seven days or ten days without any food. And then you finish the rest of the 21 days. Come on, doing the Daniel fast. You may not know what that is, but if you Google it, there's a billion websites that will, that will share with you what the Daniel fast is, which is a biblical fast. Come on, for some of you, and I would incorporate at least a period of time, just my challenge of no food. But for some of you, it might be a social media fast for 21 days. It might be a television fast. You're like, listen, food's not really an issue, but don't take away my social media. You know what I mean? Maybe the Lord's going to be calling you into that area. But whatever it is that he calls you to do, do it. And this is the thing is just don't suffer with going without eating for a period of time. Use that time to pray. Come on, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman, it avails much. And so it's not just like, you know, it's not just like I'm just going to do away with food, but I'm going to replace. Come on, what did Jesus say? There is food that you do not see. He's talking to the woman. The disciples come back. There's food. Come on, there's, there's sustenance that you do not see. And I'm telling you, if you will give yourself to prayer, during this fasting, God's going to equip you. I remember the longest fast that I ever did, and I did use, I, I used water. It was 14 days, and I remember at the end of that 14 days, breaking that fast and just weeping and crying, feeling like, you know what, I'm not ready to finish, and, and the euphoric periods that I went through in that 14 days without eating and the and the presence of the Lord that I was able to experience in that period of time was so amazing and so powerful and so I took that first bite of food come on with tears just running down my face because that moment that 14 days it was so difficult I can't tell you the hardships I can't tell you the spiritual warfare come on that took place but I also can't explain the presence of God just wrapping his arms around me and saying, listen, you're going to be okay and I am with you. It's, there are things that are done in and through prayer and fasting that you, you'll never experience anywhere else. And it is a beautiful, powerful, amazing thing. And I'm telling you that whenever you come out, you're going to be more purposeful. You're going to have greater understanding. You're going to experience more freedom. Come on, it, fasting talks about how it clothes the naked and it feeds the hungry. You know why? Because you're more sensitive to the needs, come on, that are around you. And God's going to use you to clothe the naked and feed the hungry. It's not like something just supernaturally, food's just going to appear to those people that... Come on, it does a work inside of you where you say, listen, I'm, I'm in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. i got to speed up here. The young king received instruction from the prophet. He said, pick up the bow and pick up the arrow and open the window. You see, outside the window, come on, was where the battle with the Syrians was taking place. 
I think it's interesting. Listen now, don't check out. Look at me just real quick. When God opens a window of opportunity, he doesn't remove the obstacle. It blows my mind how many times we pray, remove the obstacle, remove the obstacle, remove the obstacle, take this thing from me, make it not an issue. He says, listen, I'm not going to remove the obstacle. I'm going to do something in you. Come on, God could have wiped out the Syrians without anything being done. God could certainly remove some things, but I'm telling you, when the devil comes against you, God wants you to know the power that you have in his might. Come on, the authority that you have in him, so that when you face the enemy, the Syrians, or the devil face to face, you say, listen, I see you there. I absolutely see you there. And guess what? I'm not walking around. That's going to take me too long. I'm not going under. I'm not going over. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to divert your attention by saying, hey, look over there and then sneak by you. Come on. The authority and the power that God's people has is, listen, devil, I'm coming right after you. I'm coming through you because I don't come in my authority. I don't come in my power. I come in the authority and the power of the king of glory. Come on. The one that created you is the power that I come in. You see, sometimes we give the devil way too much power and credit. It's so funny. You sit around with Christian folks and they just talk about the power of the devil. The power. Oh man, this person, it's just on them. It's in them. It's all around them. I'm like, listen, man, is somebody going to stand up and say, listen, leave them alone because you have no place in this place. Well, sometimes you can do that, but sometimes it also requires prayer and fasting. I recognize the devil's work. Well, listen, pal, the devil's been working since day one. It's no different. He's been destroying life since day one. And guess what? He's not going to let up. But guess what? You could go through him. You could go right through him. There's nothing that makes sense about David stepping out on that battlefield and destroying Goliath. Nothing makes sense in the natural But I just love it when you begin to fast and pray, God takes his super and he adds it to your natural. There's power. There are things that are going to happen. Come on. They just don't make sense. You cannot win this fight in your own might. Your marriage requires more. You can't have a successful marriage without the Lord being in the center of it. It might look successful. It might have all of the, you know, all of the, but it's not pleasing to the Lord and it's not producing fruit. You have to have, come on, the blessing of God on your marriage. You have to. You can't have a successful ministry. Come on, ministry requires more. You have to have more. You can't have a life-giving ministry with people giving their heart to Jesus and people getting baptized, come on, without God's super, come on, affecting your natural You can't have an incredible business where you are fulfilled, not always needing, not always reaching, not always desiring more for the wrong reasons. Come on. You can't have a successful business where you're you're like, Lord, give me more. Come on, so that I can do more, that I can be a conduit. Come on. Some things require more. Some things require prayer and fasting. So the Bible continued. It goes on. Go to the window and shoot. The opportunity didn't remove the obstacle. We just talked about that. Um, The king's mistake. So King Joash's mistake was this. Well, if God's going to do it, then I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let God do it. God said he is going to deliver the Syrians. Come on, it's the same thing. The work of the cross. What did Jesus say his last words? It is finished. Well, guess what? Was it finished for you, Norm? 
Did you still have some fighting and some battling to do with the Lord? Chris, was it finished? Did the devil just, did he just go away or did he continue to mess with you? Come on, Lada, did it, did it finish? You still deal with the devil, right? But Jesus said it was finished. So this guy, he just washed his hand. Okay, the Syrians are going to be delivered into my hand. I ain't got nothing to do. You do have something to do, and the battle is his, but you've got to find yourself, come on, in Christ, come on, trusting in the promises, and guess what? The prophecy is fulfilled in your life when you do this. Somebody say total victory. Total victory is yours. Total victory is yours, and the worst thing that you can do is just take your hands off of it and just say, you know what? I ain't got to do anything. I think it's interesting. I'm, I'll, Daniel chapter 9, I believe it was. It's interesting. Seventy years passed. The children were in Babylonian captivity, right? Seventy years had passed. Most of them were probably like, oh, this is the seventh year. We're just going to we're just going to get delivered. You know what I mean? We, we did our time. You know what I mean? Served all my time. Don't even have probation. We're just going to go back to our own house. No, Daniel stood up. What did he say? He said, I'm going to go to prayer and fasting. Why did he do that? Because he had to participate. Daniel repented on behalf of the nation of their sins. I want you to read Daniel chapter 9. Check it out um, tonight. Read that whole thing. It'll be incredible. But I'm telling you, the king's mistake was that if God's going to do it, he'll just do it. And um, the prophet said, take the arrows and strike the ground. And, and, and the king, he took the arrows and he tapped the ground three times. And the man of God, the prophet Elisha, was angered at him, said, what are you doing? See, 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 what God had done, he didn't have the proper response from the king. There wasn't no celebration. He said, listen, if you would have struck the ground five or six times, the Syrians would have been completely wiped out because you only tapped it three times. You're going to only have victory over them three times. They're going to be back. And I'm just telling you, that is so powerful. If you're not picking up on it, some of you are approaching the promises of God lightly. And when you should be making toothpicks out of the arrows that God said what he is going to do, you're just kind of dancing around, tapping, you know, still doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I'm telling you, the, the, the total victory is a possibility, but your approach to it has everything. It means everything. Well, pastor, you're getting a little, a little worked up today. Yes, I am, because it's time for the church, come on, to rise up and be the church. Come on, we've got to rise up and be the church and do the things that God has called us, come on, to do. The arrow of fasting was used by Jesus Right? For 40 days and 40 nights, he stuck the devil with the arrow of fasting. Come on. We see we it in Esther against Haman. For three days church. she fasted. It is not an and Because option. Haman was wanting to destroy it, not her people, option. right? He said, you she can used fast the arrow of fasting. This. What is Every it time in your life prayer, that God is saying, listen, I am calling you right to there. stand in the gap, again, maybe for your family or maybe for your own self, but maybe it's for a whole community. Fast sugars and breads. Come on, you can, many of you are intermittent fasting for health reasons. And so you're like, oh man, I fast all the time. But the powerful thing is to bring into it and incorporate prayer, come on, with the fasting. And it is to hear from God. What is God calling me to do? I want you to know I'm not putting on you to do anything. What I'm telling you is to go to the Lord and ask the Lord, what over these next 21 days am I supposed to fast? And then follow through 
with it. Amen? What's going to happen is you'll have answered prayers. There's going to be salvation through your worship in this house. You'll be worshiping because you're praying. Somebody next to you, the Spirit of God is going to move so strongly, they're going to give their heart to Jesus. Come on, there's going to be clear direction for your life, renewed passion, financial prosperity. While fasting, you must pray. I'm closing with this. Travis, <clears throat> Pastor Travis, Pastor T, you're seeming a little bit like a, a religious fanatic today. You're really out there. You are really calling us to do something that I don't want to do. And I'm just telling you, in my own life, God is calling me away from mundane, boring Christianity. And if the Lord is calling me away from this, then that means that there's representation of boring, mundane Christianity in this body. And once again, I have shared the message I've shared the word of the Lord. The responsibility is yours to listen and to obey and to incorporate because I am telling you if, you, if you will trust God and honor God in whatever it is that he calls you to do, not what I call you to do, but what he calls you to do, then some of the things that you've been dealing with for a long time, you're going to find you have total victory over. I don't know what that is. I can't name what that is, but you know what you will be praying about during this 21 days of fasting and prayer. Amen. I want you to close your eyes just real quick. Everybody in here, just close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to imagine things. I'm going to ask you to imagine picturing Jesus's nail scarred hands. And so he's been to the cross. He's got scars in his hands. You know, for some of you, he's going to have clean hands. Others, he's going to have filthy hands. But I'm just reminding you that the hand of the Lord is not too short to accomplish anything that needs to be accomplished. The beautiful picture of this story that I read to you today was that the man of God, the prophet of God, which represents God himself, or, or Jesus, for instance, his nail-scarred hands, the completed work of the cross. So when the young boy, the king, he was a young man, when he drew back that bow, the Bible said that the prophet of God, which was sick at this time, he got up from his bed and he went and he placed his, his, his left arm, if, if the king was right-handed, he put his left arm on the bow, which stabilizes the bow, and he put his right hand on the king's hand and 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 what this represents i want you to picture this what this represents is the youth of the young man pulling the back the bow back the youth the strength of the young man but the wisdom of the prophet of god it represents it represents wisdom and 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 direction like the direction maybe maybe even the prophet was like moving the front arm so that the aim was proper. You see, you see, there's a there's a beautiful picture of of God's super touching the natural and bringing about the change that needs to take place. He put his hands on the young king's hands. Now I want you to picture Jesus's nail scarred hands. 
I want you to picture those hands that are able to accomplish anything, to do anything. I want you to picture his hands covering and cupping both of your hands. The supernatural power of Jesus working in your natural situation. Working in that place that has caused you to, to lose sleep and to, and to be anxious and to worry and to wonder you know, question, you know, will I ever have this or will I ever have that? I mean, just whatever, whatever it is, he cups your hands and he says, listen, I've got this. This is what fasting and prayer does. The power of God touching your natural life, bringing about significant change in Jesus name. I'm asking you to spend some time today and start tomorrow whatever it is that the Lord's asking you to do to be obedient and don't just start and say wow I made it halfway or wow I made it three quarters of a way I'm not telling you God speak he'll speak to you what you're supposed to do and it's going to be very different for all of us I'm sure but I'm asking you to fulfill it and complete it in Jesus name That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.